Hello, Mama Veneers. You know what time it is. A little info, some girl chat about our journeys as mamas and entrepreneurs. But most importantly of all, love, support, and sisterhood. So let's get the dang thing started, Mama Veneers. Okay, so for those of you who do not know me, my name is Danielle Wilson. I'm from Louisiana, and I am a mother of two beautiful little girls, Miss Bella, she is four and a half, and Miss Carter Jane, she is two. I'm also a wife of six years to my high school sweetheart, and I'm the owner and hairstylist of LaBella Bridal Hair. So we travel throughout Louisiana providing hairstyling on site for the convenience of the bride and her bridal party. And I absolutely love it. But y'all, I have such an issue with separating the two sometimes. Like I'm in mommy mode sometimes, and then sometimes I'm just in business owner mode, and the lines can be pretty blurred. So this is really why I want to start this podcast for mamas who have the same issue as me. So for the first episode, if you did not notice, in the artwork, we will be talking about branding. I remember when I first started off, I got this logo that was just, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little while. <laughs> but my logo was one thing, and my website was one thing, and my social media accounts were one thing, and y'all, it was just like hot mess express. But I knew nothing about branding. So here I am, giving y'all some nuggets to help you out and not be two years later, like me, reinventing myself revamping my brand so y'all don't even have to do this because i'm here for you <laughs> so go get your notepads your journals your macs your ipads your iphones whatever you take notes with i suggest you get in now okay so i came to realize like girl you need to go to the basics business 101 entrepreneurship 101 and do some market research which is something that i skipped and i wish i hadn't but hey entrepreneurship and being a business owner is all about learning and growing throughout the process so hey I had to backtrack and go back on it because yeah you can have some bomb branding and you can have a bomb business but if your efforts are placed in the wrong place then you're going to be missing your customers like you're putting all your efforts into the wrong customers and clients and consumers and the people that you're trying to attract you'll be missing out on them so Let's just bring it back to Business 101 and do some market research, which is my first point. Market research, y'all. I know it's boring. It's not the most exciting part about opening up a business, but it is so pivotal. So I have a few questions that you can ask yourself. And of course, if you want to go more in depth, which I do suggest with more questions, I think it'll be a good idea if you do. So the first question is, what problems are is your business solving so for me I have type A brides I, I came to the realization that the type of brides that I wanted was type A brides that's like your lawyers your women that are in the corporate world um, business owners they love convenience and because I provide hairstyling on site for them it is extremely convenient I can go to their homes I can go to their hotel I can go to their venue and although I'm there it's still a luxurious experience because I make it that one because that way because I know that type A bride she likes it simple but she still likes it to be luxurious so you have to think about those questions. The second question is, what do they look like? Of course, a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurships, they don't have a set way of 
how a bride, I mean, not a bride, sorry, how a consumer or a client will look. But you need, you, you can have an idea like, are you for the boho chic lady or are you for the simple refined lady or are you for, you know, like the stay at home mom? What is it? You know, you can hone it in. It doesn't have to be extremely specific, but it doesn't need to be too broad either. The next question is, where do they shop? Are they shopping at Target and Walmart or are they shopping at Dolce & Gabbana and Gucci? Like, of course, you need to know those things because that gives you an idea of if you're, say, your service space, what products you should be using. My brides are into luxury, so I make sure I have high-end products that I'm using on them. Nothing cheap because they're probably going to give me a little side eye. And although we are, you know, at their home venue or hotel, I make sure I still make it into a luxurious experience. Hey, what type of candles do you like? What kind of scents are you into? Hey, you know, what type of champagne do you like? A wine. I also have my fruit trays for them. Um, I also have like a curtain set up that I place in a certain corner or every um, area where there's good light. So I can feel like we're still one-on-one in the midst of the chaos. That is just, you know, it's a question that you need to ask so you know what you can give that client. The next question is, what is their occupation? Again, my brides are lawyers. They're in the corporate world. They are business owners. And I know where to put my efforts in because I know where they work. I know what they like. And you can dig deeper, of course, with more questions. Another question um, I remember coming across was, are, do they have kids? Do they have kids? No kids? Are they married? Are they single? Um, the next question is, what are their goals and values? What's important to them? Because you need to know conversational-wise, what's important to them? You don't want to trigger someone off because you're talking about something that's important to them and they kind of just give you like a little crazy look because you're on the opposite end of it. And I also will say this, politics should never be <laughs> discussed in the middle of business because little people get a little antsy about that. So I suggest, yeah, we don't we do not do that. Another question, the next question is, when does your ideal client buy their products or their services? So I know like wedding season, we have our peak season and we have our slower seasons. So during our slower seasons, I do take that time to revamp my social media, um, plan that out before it gets crazy. Because of course, when it gets crazy, who has time to do that? So what are your peak times that your consumers are going to consume so you know that is the time that you need to be putting your products out market 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 and you know when there's slow down time to hone it in and of course to you know post about maybe more personal stuff and you know all that type of stuff what is your customer's buying strategy is the next question do they buy online do they like going in a store are they like budget person where are they buying how are they buying it is it cash is it card of course these questions will help you out the next question is hold on y'all wait i think that's all questions oh where does your ideal customer get all of their information which is the last questions that i have the last one that i have for y'all is it online is it social media is it in books is it on mag- magazine is it on social media accounts is it on gossip blogs because it is a thing that is where a lot of people get their information from gossip blogs 
where are they consuming their information? You can put, you know, this big, beautiful ad in the magazine and your customer don't even read magazines. Or you can put it in the newspaper and they don't even pick up a, a newspaper. So you need to know these things so you can know where all your branding energy needs to go. Because again, it can be bomb and you're bombing <laughs> because you don't know who your ideal customer is. Okay, so a little backstory on my branding when I first started out or lack thereof because I knew nothing of it. I figured, hey, you have a logo, you have a website, you have your social media accounts. That's pretty much all you needed. And that's all I had. And it kind of hurt me in the beginning because I wasn't cohesive amongst all of my channels. My logo wasn't cohesive to my website. My website wasn't cohesive to my social media accounts. And it kind of messes with the accountability and the professionalism that you are showing to your potential customers or your potential consumers. So, um, yeah, to my logo. So the logo that I had was orange and green. And, yeah, it was terrible. I remember going on Google and I, was, I, I typed in cute logos. And I was just scrolling and I was like, oh, that's cute. Let me get this one. And um, I remember finding a logo artist or what have you. And I was like, hey, girl, like, you know, I like this one. This is cute. Can you recreate this? And she was like, yeah, girl, I got you. So it was like a couple of days later and she sent over the logo. And of course, it's my first logo. And I don't know anything about branding. And um, she sent it over. I was like, yeah, girl, I'm about to kill him with this one. Not knowing <laughs> how terrible it was and I'm going to say this it had nothing to do with the logo artist they are in the business of giving you know what their clients want so I would never say hey she's terrible because she's not she just gave me my logo because that's what I wanted she may have been thinking like girl that ain't cute but you know what that's what you want so here you are <laughs> so moving right along the um logo was orange and green why did I pick this color palette? I'm not 100% sure because those colors do not resonate with a wedding or a bride. I've never in the history of ever <laughs> saw a bride with an orange and green wedding. So this brings me to my first point, which people do not realize it's a thing, but it is totally a thing. Um, the psychology of color. We don't realize it, but certain colors make us feel certain ways or makes us think certain ways. So because my colors were orange, I'm sorry, and green, it had brides feeling a certain type of way and it's not the way that I want them to feel. So orange resonates with courage, warmth, innovation, and energy. And I don't want my bride feeling like that. That is not what I think about. When I think about my brand, those words were nowhere near <laughs> what I wanted my brides to feel. Green, it feels with hope, health, nature, and growth. Yeah, I'm not in the business of health. You know what I'm saying? Like those colors do not resonate with my brand. So I had to sit down and go through the color palette. Yes, I love lavender, but hey, lavender is not cohesive to my brand. You may have a favorite color, but honey boo boo, if it doesn't resonate with your brand, you will have to move right along or you will be, you know, missing out on potential consumers and com potential clients. You may want to open up a spa one day and your favorite color is black, but guess what? Black doesn't really resonate with a health spa. Like, no. You don't want to know what black resonates with? Power, authority, 
substance. What does that have to do with a spa? You need to go with your blues and your grays and your whites. That's something that you have to think about. I've met so many entrepreneurs. I'm like, hey, you know, well, why did you go with this color palette? Oh, girl, that's my favorite color. Okay. So because it's your favorite color, that's going to be a color palette. No, you need to learn the psychology of color and come back with something that's cohesive to your brand. So, my brand color, which I went back and looked on, was pink, white, and gold. And here's why. So, pink resonates with feminism, romantic, um, romantic, and intimate. So, of course, my ideal brides are feminine. They're very girly. They're all about the eyelashes, the nails, the makeup, the hair, the whole shebang. Very feminine. Not all brides are that way, but, of course, that is my ideal bride. So, this is why I picked pink. Of course, weddings are always romantic and intimate. I have small weddings and I have large weddings. But, of course, it's intimate between the bride and the groom or the bride and the bride. Whomever you're marrying, it's still intimate between them two. They're exchanging their vows and it's a very intimate moment. So, that's why I picked pink. White resonates with purity, innocence, wholeness, and completion. Which, all those words, really, it makes me think of wedding day. Of course, the bride wants to be seen as pure. Not all brides, but of course, my ideal bride, she would want to be seen as pure and innocent. The wholeness and completion, of course, is when they make their union and they become one. So that is why that was the second color that I chose. And my third color was gold, well, is gold, which resonates with luxury, ele elegance, and sophistication. And, of course, that is how I want my brand to be viewed because I have a type A bride. That's my ideal client. So, of course, they love luxury. They love feeling elegant. They love sophistication. They love it to be simple but refined. And that goes back to... Um, my market research because I know what type of bride that I want and I know what they're looking for. That helped me find the colors that I wanted with my color palette and my branding to make that cohesive to, hey, this is resonating with me. I think I like her. I think I want to book her. So colors play a pivotal role. So if you haven't looked into color psychology, you definitely sh you, you should. I suggest that you should and you write out what cause colors resonate with your brand and go with it from there okay so back to my logo story um of course the colors were hot mess express but then um i also put myself out as Sabella loc and i knew nothing about dbas aka doing business as which i will talk about that in another episode later on down the line but i put myself out as an loc so of course that confused people because they didn't know what I was. I didn't have a tagline. Um, I wasn't LaBella Bridal Hair back then. It was just LaBella LLC. So they didn't know if I was a lawyer. They didn't know if I was an auto shop. They didn't know if I was a boutique. They didn't know what I was, which was an issue. And also because my logo wasn't simple, that was another issue. I, it was orange and green. It had these parentheses on the sides that had flowers sprouting out. And then it had this blurred um, vibrating type of effects. And I'm not really sure why we took that direction. <laughs> but we did. And um, yeah, so, you know, a year and a half, two years on the line, it's like, this is not really that cute. And 
of course I had to rebrand myself and I do I wouldn't suggest that you know for anyone of course once you put yourself out to the public you want to remain consistent and I wasn't able to do that I had to redo the logo redo my website and also redo my pictures on my um social media accounts because you know I was over cropping over editing and over filtering like y'all it was just over (laughs) so I had to start over so my next point is creating a simple logo like I know it is the new trend of 2019 to have glitter and 27 brushes (laughs) and eyelashes and fingernails you know but y'all a simple logo will carry you further than any of those things and if you want a little bling or something crazy I suggest that you do it with your submarks or your watermarks but your logo should be you know simple it should be memorable it should be timeless it should be versatile and also it should be appropriate when thinking about your logo you should think hey if someone were to be passing on the interstate and my logo was on a billboard, would they be able to notice it? Would they be able to grasp it? If you have too much going on, again, like my old logo, it's orange, it's green, it has flowers brown on the side. It's like two seconds. And after those two seconds, they probably didn't even see what the name of my business was. Or if it were to be printed on a postage stamp, would it still be effective? If you have things sprouting out the sides and glitter here and this there then of course you won't be able to see it all on a postage stamp this is why you should have a simple and timeless logo so I'm an avid reader I love reading you know about entrepreneurship and business and all those type of things and they were talking about um Pepsi and Coca-Cola and their logos and um they went back 50 years and they showed on one side how many times Pepsi had to change their logo and it had to be maybe 15 to 20 times um that they had changed their logo and in those 50 years coca-cola slightly it's not even a huge change um changed their logo one time in 50 years and it's crazy and mind-blowing because coca-cola's um you know logo is so simple and so classic and so timeless and of course when you put yourself out as the business owner and you know the public starts seeing it you don't want to have to backtrack and change your logo you you don't want to have to do that once they resonate hey this is your brand and when they see your logo or when they see your tagline they know who you are and then you go back and switch it up it's going to be a little confusing for them so just i just suggest that you start off with something simple and versatile and um the last point that i want to make is your logo being appropriate um, a lot of people, which I will be talking about this on the second episode of branding, but they don't know much about um, typography and fonts. Those play a pivotal role in your logo and the way that it is perceived. So you cannot use a childish font when you're trying to open up a law firm or vice versa. You want something fun when you're doing something for kids, but if you're using like a serious font like times through Roman it's not going to be effective and that's something that we need to think about it also like I know we love cursive and some people like calligraphy but those fonts don't always resonate with our brand and our brand strategy so we need to think about those things so a question that you should ask is what are your services 
So what really helped me out is I'm a very visual person. So I went on Google. Google is my best friend. And I typed in, you know, um, brand strategy boards. And they have a plethora of brand strategy boards, which is pretty much um, just like a board. So you can see everything and make sure that it's cohesive. It allows you to put your logo at the top, um, your branding colors. I believe that's like the second section and then your watermarks and your patterns that you go with which is also another episode that I plan on making for you guys so you can see visually is my brand cohesive enough because it is such a major role in your business I feel like it's business plan and then secondly your branding because we are such visual people as consumers and clients that you need to be cohesive and not only because we are visual but it gives you more of a sense of professionalism like oh this is a really a, a real business like her logo is cohesive to her website and the way she's talking amongst all of her platforms it's cohesive as well. So it just gives you a sense of professionalism. And ultimately, that's all we really want is to be seen as professionals. And as small business owners, sometimes it is hard. So I am hoping it's time for me to go. But as always, keep pushing, keep growing, keep going, and keep doing the thing, thing, mama, for newer. Until next time, bye.